Books can help us get better, and that is the case with this week's guest, Dr. Bonnie Zucker, a clinical psychologist located in Los Angeles, California, who has a specialty in the research, prevention, and treatment of anxiety disorders. Our host, Kim O'Hara, has panic disorder, so she was personally interested in Bonnie's book proposal, The Anxiety Club, Seven Ways to Deactivate Your Membership. On today's show, Kim talks about the content in Dr. Zucker's book and also some of the solutions she can provide to our listeners. Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. I'm your host, Kim O'Hara, a book coach with a story inside, and I am interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life with a story to tell. Do these folks have a best-selling book in them? Stick around and find out. We talk about writing on this show, and I usually bring it up later, but I'm just going to dive in today because I know about your book proposal, and I've heard you share about it weekly in our writing cohorts. And so I have to ask you right out of the gate, what inspired you to write a book about anxiety? Well... I have been working in the field of like working with people with anxiety disorders for like over 20 years. I'm a clinical psychologist and I was in graduate school at UCLA and I was in the anxiety disorders lab. So we did a lot of research on anxiety and I thought that I would go into academia, but I ended up not. And I ended Mm -hmm. up doing clinical work and also, um, Like I worked a lot of my career was at the UCLA Counseling Center. And for the past few years, I've primarily been doing private practice. And I just sort of joined uh, the writing group that we're in on a lark. And I don't know, I just realized like I have all this information about anxiety and anxiety disorders. Like why not write a book about it? So that was my path. Yeah. So you joined the writing group though, just to explore yourself as a writer? Yeah, you know, I was in the middle of the early pandemic. I felt like I needed something different to do. And I'm like, okay, might as well do this online Zoom writing group. Right. Yeah. And the way the group initially started was we just would write to two prompts during the group. And it then morphed into this longer form group where we had to bring in our own writing and I actually talked to our group leader because so many people in this group, they're creative writers. I'm, I'm not really that. I sort of have more of like this, you know, self-helpy type stance. <laughs> and I talked to the, our, our leader and I was like, is that okay if I write something different than what other people are writing? About your profession, right? And so yeah. then when you started writing about it, you realized I actually have a lot to say on this subject and I should write a book about it. Exactly. And I have to say one thing that the writing group really did inspire me to do is self-disclose about my own struggles about anxiety. Right. Because you had said today you can do a speech at a wedding. It was like weddings, funerals and like parties. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh-huh. but, but that wasn't the you before. So what would happen to the you before they would have to give a speech? I mean, I used to be extremely shy. I had a lot of social anxiety and just very quiet. I mean, I felt comfortable with like my friends and family, but 
I was not someone who ever volunteered to speak in class. I just would get so anxious. But you know, it was funny because when I was in graduate school, I had a class, like we have these tiny classes, I had 11 people in my class. And one of the older students said to me, you have to at least say one thing each class. Like you have to, like in order to like be, do okay. And I was like, oh God. So I forced myself every class to come up with some comment, some question, and it just started to help me get over the social anxiety. That's amazing. So you just chipped away at it, but like, did you get the pounding heart and the clammy oh, yeah, hands? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And just stumbling over my words you know, it's exposure therapy, which is something that we talk about in psychology is that if you have something that you're afraid of, you just have to confront it. That's how you, you get better is confronting it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like, what would you say you bring up your family? Mm -hmm. What would you say are those originators of panic and anxiety? Do you think people are born where they're genetically susceptible to panic and anxiety? Or do you think it's a learned, would you call it condition? Right, right. What the research has shown is it's both, you know, some people just have more of this, you know, genetic or biological disposition to anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. So obviously books can't substitute for professional help, right? Like they can offer clarity, but you have this great book that talks about the anxiety club. So how can, like, who is the target audience? Like who would be in the anxiety club? You know, it's interesting. So a third of people will have a diagnosable anxiety disorder at some point in their lifetime, which is amazing when you think about it. And in addition to that, there are people who have what's called like subclinical anxiety. So it's like anxiety that is distressing, but doesn't really quite rise to the level of a disorder. So they may feel like they don't need to go get help or get a therapist or do something, right? But a book would be a wonderful way for them to read about it and have an identification and say, wow, that's something that's really holding me back or that's something that's bothering me. I don't feel like I need medication or I don't feel like I need to go see a therapist. That's interesting. Okay. So that's good for people to know, right? Yeah. To to read about it. Yeah. And I'm also like thinking that this book you know, we can really be a supplement to therapy. So Mm -hmm. as a therapist, I often will direct clients to books to, you know, reinforce what we're talking about or just for additional, for additional help. And one, and I have certain go-to books, but one thing that I feel like is missing is just this sort of general anxiety book that will appeal to anyone regardless of what their anxiety issue is. So if someone has obsessive compulsive disorder or someone has anxiety as a result of a trauma or someone has panic attacks. So, you know, something that's sort of, that isn't necessarily issue or disorder specific, but that will apply really regardless of what their anxiety concern is. And I also think that books help us to not feel so alone. Right. So I know being in the writing group with you, when you started sharing, you know, pieces of your book proposal for us to give feedback on, I really like took tons of notes because Mm -hmm. I have a panic disorder, right? Which isn't the same as anxiety, but it's connected. And then 
I came to the group and wrote about my panic attack that I yeah. had in great detail. And like, people were saying, we've never actually heard it written about in that way. And yes. like, it gave me freedom to talk about it because it was very shameful. I know like the panic attacks that I've experienced or the anxiety attacks that I hear people talk about, they're very ashamed of them. Like it's something to hide. Like it makes us look weak or people aren't going to put up, put, want to put us in positions of power or authority because they're afraid we're going to like lose it. Right. right and right. it's possible, but you know, I think anybody that has a panic, panic disorder or an anxiety disorder, the goal is to get better and make it manageable. Does it ever like you're, you're kind of indicating yours went away. Does it, does, do you find that with people that have panic disorders or, mm -hmm. or more on the severe side, do they ever go away completely? I mean, I think it depends. I mean, I, I, the thing is, and you know, this is going to be probably this, you know, the second chapter of my book is about that you, that people need to accept their anxiety, first of all, because, that. you mm -hmm. know, it's the non-acceptance of anxiety, which is what actually in so many cases makes it worse. You know, people right. worry, am I going to feel anxious? Am I going to look anxious? Am I going to make a fool of myself? And it's almost like, you know, if your anxiety is like the size of like, let's say a golf ball, the more <laughs> you like put on top of it, like the worry and the fear and the avoidance behaviors and all that. Now, all of a sudden your anxiety is the size of a beach ball. So the idea is to not have the goal of getting anxiety, getting rid of your anxiety completely, but to get it because, you know, as a, as people, we experience anxiety and sometimes it's actually healthy to experience anxiety, but to right. like, but to make it, you know, to, to, to really work on it so that it's not that huge un, unmanageable problem and that it's much, you know, smaller and like, you can accept it. Okay. Of course I'm feeling anxious. I'm I'm on a podcast right now. So of course I'm feeling a little like tense and so forth. Right. Yeah. And I also think getting curious, like that's something that I've, I, I've noticed that there's dis, there's no consistent reason why the panic attacks would come. Mm -hmm. For example, my personality type is I'm a driver, right? Mm -hmm. And I do well in chaos, Right. So right. I don't get anxiety when things are hard or tough. Right. Or I've got to get into action. I get anxi anxiety or I get a panic attack like at seven in the morning when I'm about to have coffee, and get the kids ready to school. And I'll go, that's curious. I wonder what right. I was thinking about. Right. Because right. there was a subconscious thought in there that was telling me something was going to happen that I was panicking about that I wasn't tapped into. So I have to tap into it and be like, that's curious. What do I think? What's, what's, what am I worried about that? I'm not accepting. Like you're talking about that acceptance. So the book proposal. Yes. So I work with clients who write books and then do a book proposal. Right. So I, yeah. they, they want to write the book and then they want to sell the book. Right. Yes. So tell me about your decision process to do the proposal first and I'd like to know sort of where that, you know, information came to you that that was the best decision. In terms of doing the proposal before, writing, before yeah. writing the actual book. Yeah. I guess it was my understanding that for a nonfiction book that you need to do the proposal first. And that's what publishers 
want. So yeah, I just, you know, that was just sort of like my understanding. Of, so you were, you, you received some information to do the, to do yeah. the proposal. Yeah. I, you know, right. I did actually write, you know, because we were in the, our writing group, I did write a couple of sample chapters, which you did here. Right. Um, but I'm now um, pivoting to just, you know, del- like finishing up the book proposal. So. Right. And start getting that out there. Start yeah, getting that. Well, you know, for anyone who's listening, that's interested, obviously, in writing books, it's kind of like you can go either way. Right. Uh-huh. So either way with a traditional publisher, you are in a waiting game. Right. So even yeah. if you write a proposal, it could take a long time to get the proposal and then you need to write the book. If you write right. the book, you're going to take all that time to write the book and then you're going to do the proposal and then you're in a waiting game on the publisher. Exactly. So you're going to write the book either way. It's just, right. do you want to do it on the front end or do you want to do it on the back end? Right. And you're making the choice to do it on the back end. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that plays out because I haven't known anyone in that scenario yet. So I, yeah, so I'm like really rooting for you because I think it's always good for us to have examples of people that are successful in both model, right? Right. Some people just need to get the book out. They're like, I'll go for the publisher later. I'm just going to like get the book out. And some people are, you know, in your situation where you're like, I really just want to do the, the proposal structure and I want to work with a publisher in writing this book. So before we wrap up, mm-hmm. I know that there's a very short period of time, but is there any, I don't want like, you know, listeners to have to wait for that process we just broke down uh-huh. to read your book to get solutions. So right. what would be like two quick tips that you could give them to help relieve their anxiety today? Let's see. You know, I think the first is know that you're not alone and that, you know, there's so many situations where you actually should feel anxious. So for example, you know, I had a friend that was staying with me like a few weeks ago and she was giving a talk at a conference Mm. and she was so anxious. And she's like, I just can't feel anxious. I can't feel anxious. And I'm like, no, you, you absolutely should feel anxious. You are giving a talk at a conference because I just didn't want her to have this like secondary anxiety or the anxiety on top of the anxiety. So I think if there's any way for people out there who are listening, who do struggle with um, anxiety, if they can somehow find a a way to validate themselves. It's a great tip. Just find the kernel of truth. Like there's some reason why you should be feeling anxious in the situation. And in doing that, hopefully that will de-escalate the anxiety. Right. Um, Yeah. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing I would say is just start to think about what types of behaviors you're doing that are reinforcing your anxiety? So what are you doing that you're basically telling yourself, I should be feeling anxious in this situation and I need to like avoid it. I need to ask for reassurance. Like, what are you doing just to feed it? And like I mentioned, like avoidance is really, really common with anxiety. People, you know, getting excessive reassurance that's feeding it. If you're someone who like checks the locks 10 times, you know, that's feeding into it. So look at where you're feeding into the anxiety and just see if you can work on like resisting that behavior. So 
like when I was like forcing myself to raise my hand in class in graduate school, that was doing something to overcome that hurdle of anxiety. Or if you've already checked the lock three times, can you just resist checking it again? Right. So, Right. It's like getting up on, getting on the stage. I mean, I feel that I'm doing a talk next week and I'm going to be in front of 200 people. And I have already, I'm, I'm, I'm already saying to myself, that's good. You know what? It's going to be fun. Like, Uh even if my speech doesn't, you know, my speech is going to go fine because here's the thing. No one knows what our plan was. Right. They just know what's happening in that 55 minutes. Right. So if one could figure out a way to at least entertain, (laughs) I mean, how bad can it go? Stay tuned on that. But it's been great to have you on the show today. You bring so, you're going to bring so much value into the world with your book. You've already brought so much value to me as just a writing cohort partner and uh, someone who really knows your stuff. So thank you so much for taking your time to come here today. Oh, and thank you so much for having me. And I'll see you in group. I'll see you in group. You've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe or review on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, and Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts.